Now time for the BCHL Podcast, presented by Subway. Here's Finn Williams to end the game to the floor. Yeah. He scores! There's a backdoor play. What a goal! Zach Michaelis! Rolling puck in front. Tied up in skate. Rowan Clark with a heroic save. My goodness, Rowan Clark. What did you eat for pregame? Real balls, real shoot scores! Patrick for Nick Real. Donaldson driving the goal, wrapping around. He scores! Brilliant goal by Sean Donaldson. Schleppi to the goal. Once again, he scores! Oh my word, Tyler Schleppi with a dandy! Three on one. A move. Vito back to a move. What a save by May. Coming across with the left leg. My goodness. Hey there. Welcome to the BCHL podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Adamson. We're back again with another brand new episode. And we have another two great interviews for you. Before we get to that, though, I want to remind everybody that the BCHL podcast is presented by Subway. Subway is a longtime partner of the BCHL, and we thank them for their continued support. All right, let's get to our guest list. First up, we have a BCHL official and former BCHL player, Braden Epp. Braden has quite a story to tell um, back in spring during the pod season uh, he was experiencing some uh, health concerns and was eventually diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and uh, has obviously been dealing with that ever since Uh, but thankfully over the weekend last weekend he actually made his return to the bchl ice for the first time uh, in just about eight months so we chat with him uh, and get the the full story on his situation, how the diagnosis went down, and uh, what he had to battle through in order to get back on the ice. It was a great interview. It was uh, very inspiring, so uh, can't wait to share that with all of you. Uh, And on top of that, we also have a second guest, and it is by far the hottest player in the BCHL, uh, the reigning first star of the week, uh, a person who has seven goals in his last two games, and that is Victoria Grizzlies forward Connor Eddy. All right, let's get right to it. Our first interview with Braden Epp. Uh, As I mentioned, Epp is an official in the BCHL, but he also played four years in the league, uh, mostly with the Prince George Spruce Kings and uh, a short stint at the end of his BCHL career with the West Kelowna Warriors. Uh, And like I also said, he has a great story, Um, very inspiring. So uh, I'll let him take it from here. Uh, Let's hear from uh, BCHL official Braden Epp. All right, Brayden, it's been uh, quite quite a few uh, months for you. Uh, I know uh, you were uh, or are have been dealing with some some pretty uh, significant issues with your health. Can you take us back to the pod season last year and what uh, ended up transpiring for you? Yeah, really. So uh, going back to the, the pod in, in Port Alberta here on the island, I was uh, I was roughing. I was I was roughing quite a bit. Uh, throughout the season as, as we're going on throughout the, throughout the year. And, uh, over the, the course of the, the year, my, my legs started to kind of slow down. I, I kind of felt like I was just getting kind of exhausted and tired and kind of worn down traveling back to Port Alberni back and forth to Nanaimo all the time. And, uh, I kept, uh, doing the games and, and working through the season and kind of just grinding through, grinding through the year. And, uh, it came into to final season with, uh, with school and all the exams and, I kind of was getting a little stressed out with that and uh, working extra hard in school and on the ice. And 
And then it came down to, I think there was three, three games left in the actual pod season. And I went out to, to ref a game and stepped on the, stepped on the ice and something just felt a little off. And I just kind of went through the game and kind of just pushed myself around and kind of just grinded through the game. And that's when I kind of started to question my, my health and, and all that. So after that, I got through that game and I came back to, to Nanaimo and I went, I went to a walking clinic the next day and, they actually turned me away because of all the COVID that was breaking out here on the island. So when I got turned away from the, the walking clinic, I kind of started to, to question if it was really important and all that. So another week, another week went by with school and, and uh, ref and hockey. And I went back to uh, Point Alberni on, on a Friday, which would have been the last, last game of the year. And, and I just, before I stepped on the ice, I knew something just wasn't wasn't right again. So I stepped on the ice, and and my legs just uh, gave out on me, and uh, kind of felt like Bambi, which was pretty pretty hard for me as I've been skating my my whole life, and that's kind of my skill is my skating. So I was uh, really worried there. So I think I made it to the first TV timeout, and I just I just couldn't skate anymore. My legs just they weren't mine. They weren't working. So I left, uh, left the crew hanging, unfortunately, but they, uh, they finished the game off well. And after that game, I drove back to, uh, <clears throat> back to Nanaimo and <clears throat> went to the walking clinic the next day again and <clears throat> told them about all my, my stuff going on. And again, they turned me away and said, it's not, uh, not that big of a deal if it's not COVID, which kind of <clears throat> threw me for a, a loop. And at that point I was kind of really unsure of what to do. So I finished all my exams and that's when uh, all my uh, legs and, and stuff kind of started to slowly deteriorate and go downhill. So then I went to, uh, I was working for the city at the time and it would have been uh, a Friday, Friday at work. And I was just, uh, just grinding through the day, just fatigue. Like I could barely move and I'd work for five minutes at a time and take a 20 minute break and, and that. So Near the end of the day, my legs started uh, to go numb and my arms as well went numb. So after work, I said, this is enough is enough. I'm going to the hospital. So I went straight to the hospital and, and told them what was going on. And I went straight to the, the front of the ER line and right to a neurologist. And within within the next week, I had two MRIs and and a bunch of other tests going on. And, and that's when uh, I was diagnosed with uh, the multiple sclerosis. So that would have been may may 25th i was i was diagnosed and that's uh kind of the, my backstory yeah so that's that's got to be a pretty shocking thing to find out especially for uh, a young healthy guy like you like you said you're so active uh officiating and and i know you you play hockey as well so uh getting that news couldn't have been easy how did you kind of handle things uh when you found out the news yeah, obviously it was a, a big uh, switch up in my life, but um, I always like to to take things as a challenge. And obviously I'm a, I'm a competitor playing hockey and, and efficient and all that stuff throughout life. So once I was actually diagnosed, I kind of, I thought, well, how can I, how can I do good with this? I'm not going to pout about it and, and, and grind and all this stuff. So I thought, what could I, what could I do good for, with this? And I thought, well, let's try and raise some awareness because really, at the time I had no idea what, what MS was. So it was a, a good learning, learning curve for me to kind of learn about this, this disease. And, 
And I thought, well, let's, let's try and spread some awareness with, with others. Cause if I didn't know about it, chances are my peers and friends, they don't know much about it either. So kind of got my, I kind of shared my story right away and, and say like, this can happen to anyone and, and all this. So right away I started to, to raise awareness and luckily enough, the, the national MS walk was on May 30th. So five days after I was diagnosed and I got uh, my friends and, and family together. We made a, a team for, for the MS walk and we kind of shared all, all the stuff on social media and, and all that. So I think we raised just over $30,000 within the, within the five days of the walk and just had so much support over that, over that week. And it was truly, truly amazing to have all, all the support. Yeah, that's incredible. It's incredible timing and incredible that you guys were able to to raise all that money in such a short amount of time. Yeah, the stars really aligned. Yeah, for sure. So, so for those that aren't familiar with with it, like you you said you weren't all that familiar either. Uh what type of symptoms come along with MS? I know I imagine it's probably a little different for everybody. You mentioned the the issue with your legs and some some numbness that you were dealing with, but uh what what are the symptoms that are commonly come along with MS? Yeah, the, the funny thing about MS is there's, there's there can be so many different symptoms for everyone. Like there's not one thing that that everyone gets, and everyone everyone feels different and and all that. But for me, it was uh, fatigue is a is a huge thing for me, where I really got to manage my my energy throughout the day and kind of plan plan my day and all that. So fatigue was a big one for me, and my coordination it's it still still struggled a little bit with the coordination, but uh, the treatment I'm on is, is really helping with that. So coordination was bad. Um, what else? There's a lot of brain, brain fog that comes along with it for me. And, and that, and, uh, what else do I got going on? Yeah. Numbness and tingling pins and pins and needles. And, and I get these weird, these weird sensations. Yeah. In my, in my fingertips and in my toes and stuff like that. So, there's so many different symptoms for everyone, but uh, those would be my my main ones there. You mentioned your treatment. What sort of treatments and, and rehab and recovery? Um, what what kind of things have you undergone in the last um, h- however many months? So for the first uh, six six months, I was kind of just uh, I was on no medication because I still had to run a few more tests and make sure I was all clear to start start the treatment. So I was kind of throughout the summer, I was kind of, uh, running low on, on energy and stuff. So the summer was pretty tough. I didn't really work, work at all. And I just kind of focus on, on being a positive and, and kind of just get my feet back underneath me. But, uh, in, uh, December I started, uh, an IV treatment, uh, I believe it's called rituximab and it's kind of, uh, every six months I'll go in for a, for an infusion, which is kind of ideal for, for my lifestyle where, I'm not taking a pill or a needle every single day. So every six months I'll kind of go in and, and kind of top up, uh, on my meds. So that kind of puts a, puts a blanket over all the MS stuff. So I'm not going to get, uh, any worse to say if it, if it's doing the, the right job and, and that. So I don't actually get better. I just really don't get worse, which I'm happy with right now. So. How long did it take before you set the goal of returning to the ice? It was, it was my goal the whole time. I obviously I'm a, I'm a competitor, so I wanted to get back out there right away, but, uh, I knew it, it would take some time and I faced setbacks throughout, uh, my recovery process and stuff. So, uh, the BCHL was really good with my, uh, my availability and they just said, keep me, keep you in the loop and, 
and all that. So uh, I've been working really hard. I've been skating uh, on my own and with uh, different camps and stuff throughout uh, throughout the months and playing rec hockey. So I finally finally felt confident enough to to get back on the ice and, and officiate a game. So I was very happy to get back out with the guys. Yeah, it, it all led to, to last weekend when you were finally able to make your return uh, and officiate a BCHL game for the first time since uh, the pod season and your diagnosis. So what kind of emotions went along with that? I'm sure it was a, a pretty big deal for you to accomplish that goal. Yeah, I had this on my calendar for since I've been assigned the game and I was just, as the days got closer, I'd get more nervous and more nervous and it felt like I was ref in the NHL. That's how much of a big deal it was for me. It was it was so much nerves. I was I was worried. I was scared. I basically all the emotions you could ever really think of. I was going through them all throughout the days. And as uh, as it got closer to game time, I was I was just trying to just think, just soak it all in, and you're gonna be fine, and and go out there and have some fun. So I did that, and it was a successful game. Great to hear. So I, I just want to quickly switch gears here. Uh, just the uh, last few questions. Um, so uh, not only are you a BCHL official, uh, we talked about how you play as well, and you, you actually played in the BCHL for quite a long time as well. Uh, you had a, f- a four-year career in the league, mostly with the Prince George Spruce Kings, but you finished up with West Kelowna as well. Uh, when you think about that time in your life and, and your experience playing in the BCHL, what stands out to you? just making making the friends and and all that like i got so many connections in the hockey world these days that i'm just so thankful to have all these people in my corner and it really shows it in tough times like this where you got so many people reaching out and and really i think it is a huge thing to have all the support to, to help you get through these tough times it's it truly goes a long ways to to be positive and and uh, to not get down yourself you got so many people that just support you and it's just an unbelievable feeling that uh you can get through these tough times with with these people so you were uh you were a fan favorite in prince george you actually won the the fan favorite award during your time there um so i imagine that the feeling is mutual you you're uh you, you must have an affection for uh the place and the organization so what, what does the what do the prince george Bruce Kings mean to you the, the prince george Bruce Kings, they're, they're a family to me and they, they always will be and uh to play there for over years, it was pretty fan favorite award. It really shows how much I meant to them as well. So to have them in my corner as well is is a huge uh, huge thing for me. So I, I'm just curious um, how you, you you first got into officiating. So it's obviously, uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, officials in, in almost every sport, they, they tend to, to take a lot of abuse. So it's not something that everybody can really handle and is into. So I'm just wondering how you kind of first got into it. Yeah, it was it's funny because when I played hockey, I was uh, not a big fan of the refs because I played a <laughs> little bit of a gritty style game. So I was in the box quite a bit, but uh I had some good friends, uh, the Albanese, the well-known officials in the hockey world. So once I kind of finished my hockey career, they kind of reached out to me and said, uh, this would be something you're into. We can help you along. So they kind of pushed me in the right direction, got me going. So I really got to thank them for that. And when, when did it become apparent that it was something that you wanted to kind of continue to pursue, um, at, at special, especially at a, a higher level like junior A? I would say after my first season, I kind of, climbed the ranks pretty quickly and i think i was working in the bchl my second my second season so doing those uh, high level of games it's kind of 
I just like being around around the game of hockey. So I thought, well, if I can if I can keep up with this level, it'd be nice to keep on going. So. Last question for you. I, I know you got to get to class, so we'll get you out of here. Um, so just um, given everything you've gone through over the past uh, few months, uh, what message would you have for other people that find themselves in a similar situation to what you were experiencing last spring? Maybe a, a shocking diagnosis or something that kind of turns your life upside down a little bit. What uh, what message would you have to those people? I would just say just keep being positive. It's uh, It really goes a long way and and you got you got people in your corner at all times. So just just be positive and just take it one step at a time. There's there's always good you can do. So just just keep being positive and keep working hard. All right, Braden. Well, really appreciate you taking the time. Um, congratulations on uh, on getting back on the ice. I know that that must be a, a great feeling of accomplishment for you, and, and very happy to see you uh, having success again. Thank you very much. What would you call a new crispy chicken sidekick made by Subway sandwich experts? With seasoned chicken breast free from artificial flavors, a crispy golden brown coating, and freshly prepared just for you? At Subway, we call it the complete package. Introducing our new crispy chicken sidekick. Only $3.99, only at Subway, and only here for a limited time. Subway, eat fresh. Freshly prepared for your order. Limited time at participating restaurants. Extras additional plus tax. Huge thank you to Braden Epp for joining the podcast and for being so willing and comfortable to share his story. I know it's inspiring to a lot of people, so uh, we really appreciate that and just so great to see him back on the ice again and doing what he loves. All right, let's switch gears here. Uh, our next guest is Victoria Grizzlies forward Connor Eddie. As I mentioned off the top, uh, Eddie is by far the hottest player in the BCHL right now. Uh, in just his last two games alone, uh, he has seven goals. Uh, he scored a hat trick last weekend, including the overtime winner, and followed that up uh, this week with a four-goal performance. Uh, going back even farther to December, he has 11 goals in his last five games. Uh, and he is one of the top scorers in the BCHL. So we caught up with him, uh, had a great conversation, obviously, about his goal-scoring prowess lately. Uh, we talk about his line mates this year, which are, are Matthew Wood and Ellis Rickwood. And then we get into his commitment to Northern Michigan University and his outlook going forward uh, and his thoughts about playing ho- college hockey. So uh, a lot of ground to cover. Uh, let's get right to it and uh, hear from Victoria Grizzlies forward, Connor Eddy. All right, Connor. So you have seven goals in your last two games, which is is pretty incredible. Um, even going back a little bit further to December, you got eleven in your last five games. Uh, what does it feel like to be on uh, on such a heater like this? Yeah, it feels feels good. I've definitely been getting some luckier bounces lately, and uh, with those goals, like we're also having a lot of team success as well. I know we strum up four wins in our last four games here. So hopefully we can keep that going this weekend. Yeah. Focus, focusing on the, the last two games most recently where you, you had uh, seven goals in two games. Have you, have you ever had a stretch like this at any level where you were scoring so many goals at once? Uh, I don't think so. No, like I, I think back like midget didn't score too many goals back then, or even in a uh, junior B wasn't produced at this level. So it's nice to uh, be uh, scoring like that. Great. We are. What what do you think's working so well? What can you uh, what can you attribute to it? 
Uh, that's like my line mates. They're uh, finding me in good spots and get me the puck well. So uh, do it for them. For so those uh, those that don't know who are your line mates right now, who have you been playing with? Uh, Matthew Wood and Ellis Rickwood right now. So a couple of the top guys in the league. Yeah, they they are top guys in the league. A couple of great players. Um, it must be pretty easy to play with a couple of guys like that. Like, what, what do you think uh, works so well between the three of you? Why are you guys able to have so much chemistry? Yeah, I think it's we all like we play a, a really distinct style. Like uh, Woody, he's uh, he's really skilled. He's good with the puck. Ellis, he's a great two hundred foot guy, and I kind of retrieve pucks for those guys and go to the net. So it's just uh, three different styles that are working together. So your hat trick goal last Friday was the overtime winner. It was in a crazy six, five game against Powell river. Uh, that was your first career hat trick in the league. Uh, and as well as the overtime winner, like I mentioned. So was that, uh, was that one of the highlights of your BCHL career so far scoring the, the hat trick goal in overtime? Yeah, absolutely. That was, uh, I was definitely up there for uh, moments of my career so far. So you got off to such a hot start offensively this year. You you had 14 points in your first five games. Um, and you, you definitely didn't go cold after that. You've been you've been still putting up points, but it's pretty much impossible to maintain that level of production. Um, so uh, now now that you have kind of gone on a similar streak, um, wh- how do you think you've been able to recapture it? Is it uh, is it again just a credit to your line mates, or what do you think uh, is the cause of you getting back to that pace that you had uh, at the start of the season? Yeah, well, I think uh, there's like a stretch I was uh, battling some injuries throughout the middle of the season, so that definitely uh, took a toll on my play a little bit, as well as the team. Like we were struggling. A little bit. We weren't getting the wins, and we had uh, we had a tough schedule, a lot of travel, a lot of road games against some good teams. But now uh, our team, we're all really healthy, and we're uh, we're starting to really gel together. And now uh, we're kind of capturing like the the way we were playing at the start of the year. And with that coming individual success for me and uh, other guys too. Yeah, speaking of the schedule, uh, with with game postponements and with the Christmas break, your team played just four games in a one month span, which is highly unusual in the BCHL. Uh, how, how did you and your teammates handle the downtime? And you mentioned you were battling an injury at one point. I, I imagine that helped with that. Uh, how did you and your teammates handle the the downtime of only playing four games in a month? Uh, yeah, it was a good reset. Like like I said, we had some injured guys, so it was good to get the, the extra time as well as uh, get some more practices, get in the gym more, and just uh, spend more time working our systems and working on the things that we needed to to be successful. Yeah, I want, I want to ask you about one of your teammates and actually your line mates you mentioned, uh, Matthew Wood. So uh, obviously uh, you guys have some good chemistry playing together at different points throughout the year. Uh, but what can you say about him as a player and, and what he's been able to do this year at just 16 years old and kind of the way he's been able to to put up points at such a young age in, in this league? Yeah, obviously I think it's uh, it comes down. He's just got a lot of confidence at the puck and super skilled with it as well. Like he... Uh, he makes plays with the puck that I wouldn't even think about doing. So it's, it's, it's awesome to watch and even better to play with. Uh, so you, uh, you're born and raised in Victoria. You played your, your youth hockey on the Island. You played junior B for West shore on the Island. Uh, and now you're playing for your hometown Grizzlies. What does it mean to you to, to get to play for your hometown team at such a high level? Yeah, it's, it's pretty special. Like I grew up watching the Grizzlies and cheering for they've got, uh, some of the guys they've had in the past and they've, uh, they've been really successful over the past couple of years. So uh, 
being able to watch that now being here for the past three years, it's great. I get to live at home and just, uh, I get to stick around my family, stick around my friends and, uh, play hockey here. So it's awesome. Yeah, you mentioned the successful teams they've had in recent years. Uh, you, I guess you just missed Alex Newhook as a teammate since you joined the team uh, the year after he headed to college. But uh, I'm sure you're familiar with with all the great players that have come through the organization over the years. Uh, what, what does it say about the team uh, and the program that you guys have there that you continue to attract these high-end players like Matthew Wood, yourself, Ellis Rickwood, that, that go on to have success in college and, and even in the NHL? Yeah, it's uh, it starts from the top. We have amazing owners here, great coaches, and uh, just a great support staff all around. As well as it's a beautiful city. Lots of guys like they really enjoy living here, so it's a great spot to play. Uh, so uh, going back a, a few months, right after the BCHL Showcase event in October, you ended up announcing your commitment to Northern Michigan University. Um, obviously, that, that didn't just come about that weekend. I'm sure those those conversations were ongoing. But was that kind of the final step to committing there, maybe meeting meeting with the coaches in person? Or was it just good timing? How did that all shake out with you uh, getting your commitment right after the showcase? Yeah, well, I, uh, I talked to them a little bit last year uh, for the pod season and before, and then uh, I started off the season pretty hot, so they came back talking to me, and I had uh, I feel like I had a really good relationship with the coaches there, and uh, they're a program that's really on the rise right now, so I'm really excited to be uh, stepping in next year. Yeah, yeah, you, you briefly touched on it, but what, what was it about Northern Michigan that, that made you want to go there? You mentioned their program on the rise. Like obviously, you're, you're, you're excited about the hockey program, but uh, the school as well and the facilities. What, what was it about Northern Michigan that was attractive to you? Um, I'd have to say it was the coaching staff. I really like uh, all the guys that work in there. They, they're really dedicated to their work, and uh, they produce good teams, so I'm really excited to be coached by them. Yeah, and how how excited, and I'm not exactly sure when the plan is to, to head off there, but how excited are you to eventually uh, get started on your college career? I know you have some, some work to do in the BCHL here for, for at least the rest of the season, uh, but uh, w- what do you uh, think about when, when you think about making the step to the NCAA? Yeah, well, I will uh, should be stepping in next year if all goes to plan, and uh, I'm excited here, but... We uh we have a good team here in Victoria, so we're hoping to uh push, have a good second half and make a run in the playoffs here. Yeah, that that kind of leads me to my final question here. So looking at the the standings, uh, the Grizzlies are right in the middle of the Coastal Conference, sitting in fifth place. You mentioned you won four games in a row, so you guys have climbed up to a couple games over five hundred now. So what are you looking for from you from your team? Uh, and your teammates in the back half of the season here to, to try and pull ahead of some of those teams you're close to and, and climb up the standings before the playoffs. Yeah, we just, uh, we got to be consistent every night. Like the past four games, we've been getting contributions from up and down the lineup. We've been getting good goaltending. So if we can just continue to play like that, I think we can be really successful. We've got all the players we need to, uh, to go on a run this year. So just uh, playing our hardest every night is going to be the key to succeeding further on. All right, Connor. Well, thanks so much for chatting with me. Really appreciate it. Uh, congrats on all the, the crazy goal scoring you've been done. Uh, hoping you can keep it up and uh, best of luck to you and your teammates. Yeah, thank you very much. All right, that does it. Another episode of the BCHL podcast in the books. Thanks again to both of my guests, Connor Eddie, who you just heard from. And of course, Braden Epp 
who shared his inspiring story off the top. I'd also like to extend another thank you to our presenting sponsor, Subway. And of course, our producer, Greg Ballack, who stitches this thing together behind the scenes. Uh, If you're not doing so already, you're going to want to follow the BCHL on social media. Uh, We are on Instagram, we are on Facebook, we are on Twitter, and we are at BC Hockey League. Uh, And also uh, visit the BCHL website, www.bchl.ca. We have a couple of great features up there this week. Uh, One on Braden Epp, who was our our first guest. If you want to see that in written form, we have a great feature up on him. Uh, And we also have our latest 60th anniversary uh, spotlight feature where we highlight the 1970s. Uh, Go back in time there and talk about some of the players and the teams that uh, that were making noise in the 70s. So uh, if you're looking for more content, uh, we got you covered. BCHL.ca and uh, all BCHL social media platforms. All right. We got a busy weekend of BCHL hockey uh, on tap for everybody. So um, check the website for the full schedule. If you want to watch, you can watch at uh, BCHLTV.ca. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Really appreciate it. We'll talk to you again next time.